Washington. Raging Cajuns. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand and let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies, gentlemen, children, and babies, Cajun Nation, hello once again, and welcome to another edition of the Raging Review Podcast, Season 6, Episode 31. I titled this one, Basketball and Budgets. That's right, Nick, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. A little bit of basketball, a little bit about the UL athletic budget, and um doesn't sound like much, but it's, it's a lot of content, so um, let's get started on it pretty soon. First of all, Nick... How are you, my friend? Happy Wednesday, sir. Happy Wednesday, man. Um, I don't know about you, but it's raining like crazy here in, in Houston. Um, uh, we went from freezing and and snow to like can't get home because the roads are flooded and 70 in like the span of a week. So it's like somebody posted something about it being like Texas weather's like lottery winning lottery numbers. Like it's like four, 16, 75, 32. Like you never know where you're going to be in one week. So maybe that's a good idea. Maybe I should start picking my Powerball numbers by the, uh, by the, by the high temperatures during the week. But uh, other than that, man, all is good in Domang land. Well, that's great, man. It's weird because you're, you're right. So last Tuesday we had the freeze. It was like 33, 34. And it was so cold for those two days here in Lafayette that by the time Thursday rolled around and I dropped Allie off at daycare, when I walked outside, it was like 47, 48 degrees. It didn't feel so cold. Like, it just goes to show you, I see why people up north, you know, when we complain about 50-degree weather, to them, it's like vacation weather. For us, we go down to 50 from something in the 70s, and it's 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 freak-out time. But when you sit in cold for so long or you're dealing with cold for so long that's in the 30s, and then you show up outside and it's 47 48 i can see why people up north adjust to it a lot easier than us down here in the south i don't know man all i know is my i'm all shawls up because of it that's all i know (laughs) you and me both my friend you and me both so josh is going to join us in a little while but before we uh get started on on everything again we're going to talk some rage of cajun basketball we're right in the heart of the conference schedule right now both men's and women's uh, baseball and softball have some fan days coming up. We'll talk a little bit about that. And the big topic tonight, uh, the UL athletic budget that came out for the 2022-2023 year. Numbers don't look so great, but we'll dig deep into that and we'll converse on that and uh, try to solve the problems of the world surrounding that. But first, to our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for joining Rage and Review for another weekly episode we just like to encourage you to patronize our great sponsors like Dr. Brett Venable and Recovery Cairo Med. Have you been in a car accident or hurt yourself lifting on the job? 
Are you having neck pain or back pain, but really don't want to deal with a long, drawn-out process? Then call the chiropractor Raging Cajun athletes use for their neck and back pain, Dr. Brett Venable. The bottom line is, you just need to feel better. You need to get better quickly. That's where Dr. Brett Venable comes in to make all the difference. Dr. Venable and his integrated team of rehab, chiropractic, and medical doctors have three locations in Acadiana to serve you. Opelousas, New Iberia, and of course, main office in Lafayette. Dr. Brett Venable is one of very few chiropractors recognized by the state of Louisiana as a chiropractic specialist. He is also the only chiropractor in the Cajuns Healthcare Alliance and the only chiropractor on the board at Tulane School of Professional Advancement. Before you start to stress about the process, remember, this is exactly why you pay for car insurance. These situations are exactly why you carry workman's comp. There's no need for a court date. Your first call should be to Dr. Brett Venable and his great team at Recovery Cairo Med. No hassle, no waiting, and quick relief. Come and find out what our Raging Cajun athletes and over 10,000 Acadiana residents already know. For more information, call the Lafayette office at 337-988-2188 or visit recoverychiromed.com, recoverychiromed.com. We'd like to thank Dr. Brett Venable for being an RCAF member and the exclusive chiropractic sponsor of the Raging Review podcast. Also, a huge thank you to Absolutely Embroidery and More. We know how much Cajun Nation loves their gear. At Raging Review, we get our gear from Miss Phyllis Thibodeau and the team at Absolutely Embroidery and More. Absolutely has a massive inventory of Raging Cajun apparel to choose from. If you can't find something you like, Absolutely can make something you'll like right there in the shop. And if your creation proves to be a popular item with customers, Absolutely will give you a little incentive for helping out with the cause. Bring in your vermilion and white shirts, hats, shorts, socks, dresses, jackets, sweaters, or whatever garment you need to represent the Cajuns. Absolutely also offers customized embroidery services to promote your business on hats, polos, uniforms, etc. Absolutely rounds out the collection with an assortment of exciting accessories for the lady Cajuns in your life. Earrings, headbands, bracelets, clutches, and bags are just a few options to complete her spicy look. Pass by 3010 Collie Saloon Roan in Lafayette and see the wonderful ladies at Absolutely Embroidery and More today. They'll treat you to quality Cajun clothing, complimentary gourmet cookies, and a friendly conversation. And if you're an out-of-town raging Cajun, visit them on the web at absolutelyembroideryandmore.com or visit their social channels on Instagram or Facebook. There, you'll find pictures of what the ladies are putting on the shelves in real time. Once again, folks, please support local businesses and please support businesses that support the Raging Cages and especially the Raging Review Podcast. And thanks once again to our sponsors, Dr. Brett Venable, Recovery Cairo Med, as well as Miss Phyllis Thibodeau at Absolutely Embroidery and more. Also want to give a shout out to the crew a la the mission of the crew raises funds and makes connections to provide name, image, and likeness opportunities for UL student athletes. The crew law is officially or the official NIL collective for Louisiana athletics. They exist to enhance their experience of Rage Cajun student athletes and provide experiences for them to connect with our engaging and enthusiastic fan base. They help with student athletes when they monetize their name, image, and likeness through experiences and connections in the community. These experiences will connect our student athletes 
to local families and businesses. You can give a custom one-time payment. You can do a payment plan anywhere from twenty to 20000 Do what you can to help the crew uh, right now, that's the name of the game of college athletics. So if you want to give, help out with NIL here at UL, give to Crew Outlaw. You can visit crewoutlaw.com and do what you can to help that experience for the student athlete. Well, Josh, how are you, buddy? Welcome aboard. I understand I missed the weather report, so my apologies there. Um, it's cold and rainy. Well, that might be. Uh, did you make sure that there are no games going on, you jerks? Are we recording no, no over anybody tonight. and disrespecting folks? I just want to make sure yeah. that we're good. There'll be no disrespect tonight. We uh, we decided to uh, record tonight and tomorrow, men's, women's basketball. So we can go out to the Cajun Dome and enjoy ourselves. Um, Josh, you going to the games this weekend? I didn't plan on it. I might. Um, I know that uh, the coach came out and asked people to go, and that's nice. I could have done without the propaganda, but um, no, I'm busy this week. So I'm going to try to go Saturday. If if everything lines up, I'll be in the Dome. I'll say this, the last few times we've been, had fun. It's a fun team to watch. Uh, it's a shame that the, the program is kind of stale, but the kids give 100% effort. It's fun to watch. Fun basketball. So if you're interested in basketball at all, definitely go. It's fun. So... The Daily Advertiser came out with an article the other day uh, basically talking about the UL uh, athletic budget for the 2022-2023 athletic season. And um, for those who don't know, usually the athletic season runs from July 1st through June 30th of the following year. So this went from July 1st, 2022, all the way to June 30th, 2023. So any seasons in between then, the 2022 seasons or the early 2023 seasons for spring sports, um, are included in that. So just to kind of go through a rundown real quickly, um, University of Louisiana Athletic Department produced $33.2 million of revenue for their athletic budget, but they ran at they ran up expenses at $41.4 million, which equaled approximately uh, an $8.16 million deficit for athletics for the 2022 and 2023 season. Uh, some small miscellaneous notes for football uh, during that year. Um, ticket sales dropped by a total of over four or over five hundred forty-two thousand uh, dollars to a total of nine hundred sixty-three thousand one hundred seventy-four dollars of season ticket sales for the twenty twenty-two season, which is a lot less compared to the one point five million dollars in ticket sales in twenty twenty-one, which was of course Billy Napier's last season. And also of note, travel expenses increased $1.2 million last year. Uh, men's and women's basketball each had $588,563 and $284,161 respectively there. Uh, I know we laugh about the charter flights, but I do believe that they did charter flights last year, so that might have increased a, a little bit. And uh, travel expenses total uh, across the athletic department, $3.865 million for all teams. So that was just a few notes here. Also, the Independence Bowl that the Cajuns played in in 2022 against Houston, travel and coaching bo- coaches bonuses totaled uh $393,903. Their bowl payout was $43,229, which equaled a total loss of 348,600 
$74. And just some extra notes, uh, Louisiana was able to receive $1.76 million in media rights with the four new teams in the Sunbelt Conference through TV. And because of, I believe there were seven teams uh, in 2022 that were bowl eligible through the Sunbelt, uh, Louisiana received a total of $2.07 million um, in funds or in money uh, from the Sunbelt Bowl distribution. So I'm actually curious about that this year because we had 12 teams. I am kind of wondering what the payout will be this year, knowing that the Sunbelt pretty much almost doubled their um their bowl allotment. So that'll be interesting to see for the following year. But, you know, just kind of looking at this, look, we spent money on travel. Um, season ticket sales are down. They were down and they were down in football, most likely down in basketball. And look, it is what it is. We ran an $8 million deficit. Um, I do know, and I know that there's people out there in the media, especially some from Baton Rouge, a few who were former students of our university who Wanted to make a joke of it and talk about how, you know, how are the how the taxpayers going to subsidize this? Well, uh, one of our good friends brought up a point that it is against the law in the state to run uh, deficits in athletics. So the way it works is the UL Foundation will pay off, I believe, uh, the monies to the RCAF and the Raging Cajun uh, facility fund. So if anybody's wondering, oh, you know, how are the taxpayer going to pay this? Well, um, the foundation will basically pay itself back. So um, just want to get your guys' thoughts on this, your comments on this. I mean, this conversation goes so many ways because, you know, we've talked about this for the last few years as far as generating revenue. I hope that seeing these numbers and seeing the fact that we're spending more money on travel costs, we're spending more money on certain miscellaneous things that it can motivate us ourselves to find ways to produce revenues in ways that maybe we aren't used to in the past, you know, maybe finding ways to go, you know, uh, more community engagement, get more people involved doing, you know, finding ways to do bus tours like we used to do, just kind of growing our base. What do you guys think? Gary, we've been saying it for the past two years that I've been on this pod, what they need to do, and they don't do any of it. And 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 the the one, our town, our team thing is great, but what do they follow that up with? Nothing. They put some billboards up. They had a little cute little thing on Twitter. But they didn't they didn't do anything to follow up with that. So to me, it was just another yet another missed opportunity for them to 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 capitalize on what is a great marketing strategy. And they just let it go by the wayside is what we we come to expect. Look, I'm not concerned about the deficit. I, I guess I should be. But you have to think it's not by it's not by circumstance. They didn't just happen to run a deficit this year. The, the powers that be that control the money of the university had to know this is how much they're going to spend. You got to think Maggard's telling them this is how much we have to, to spend to be successful. They give them a budget. Their, their, their revenue is less than their spend. We, I, none of this is, is, is a surprise to the people in charge, in my opinion. It's a surprise to us because we didn't know about it, right? Because it's, it's new to us. But people in charge, they're not surprised. They knew this was coming. They know the deficit. They're the ones approving the charter flights and all these expenses. The most concerning thing to me is, of course, the t- season ticket sales that are at a continual decline. And I said last week, we have to start treating our fans like investors. Because I'm in that business. You're in that business, Jerry. What happens when you're not performing up to investor expectations? People sell their stocks in your company and your company tanks. And that's what we're doing. We're on a steady decline. Our investors are bailing on us. 
because we're not giving them what they expect out of a winning program. We're not giving them what they expect out of athletics. We're not engaging with the community. We're not trying to cultivate new relationships with, with kids out there. We don't have a mascot to go out to the schools. We're not doing, I mean, even, even tech is having one of their spring practices in Shreveport. Why aren't we holding one of our spring practices in New Iberia? Why are we holding one in, in Acadia Parish, Evangeline Parish? We talk about Acadiana, but yet we, we confine ourselves to these closed practices that nobody can go to. So we can give all, all of these suggestions out, but until they, until they start listening to their investors, the people that determine your success in, in, in the, the monetary realm of things and the budgetary and the season tickets, until you start listening, nothing's going to, it's not magically going to appear. It's not going to fix itself. You can't just ignore it and hope it goes away. It's like if you get sick, you can't just hope it away. You got, you got to go to the doctor and they got to give you something and, and to fix it. But you got to listen to the doctor and they don't listen. And if they do listen, they don't tell us they're listening because they're completely silent. We talked about that last week, how you hear nothing from the athletic department, nothing about a vision, nothing about updates, nothing about a mascot. The poor guy's been on it for two years. Finally, he got a response from the university. And, and that was probably BS. So it's it's not surprising to me. I think, again, the most concerning part is with the continual decline of season ticket sales and revenue from, from, from that. And you see it in baseball. Last year, baseball was down. Baseball is one of our best sports. That's the one that people look forward to the most. And when that, when your crown jewel and softball, when their attendance is declining, listen to the people. Listen, see, accept what's going on. And do something to fix it. But if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, we've said it so many times, that's the definition of insanity. And I feel like we're we're just insane right now. We're complacent. We're fine. We're good with being complacent. We'll go ahead and cover, move the money from the foundation to cover. Nobody's making any noise. Nobody's saying anything. We're good. That's scary to me. Let's address the other thing before you go, Josh. Mike Scarborough, you were a USL dropout. We didn't want you because you were creepy. So we, you, you did your own thing. You went your way. Then you come as a ULL Jim Jones or whatever you were at the time, trying to trying to poke our fans. The T side fans didn't even want anything to do with you because you tried to go poke them and make fun of us there, and they didn't want you. We certainly didn't want you. So then you do what a lot of those fans do, and like, oh well, there's this great program down the street. I'll go cheer for them, and I'll make my name for ourselves. So basically you're mad because we didn't want you associated with us. And now you're going to go in every opportunity you have, you're going to try to kick us when we're down. It's we're not dumb, dude. We're not stupid. We know who you are. We know what you're about. So you can keep talking your little trash on Twitter and your, your little followers can get all riled up and, and Preston can go defend you because you know, you're paying his bills, but you're not fooling anybody, dude. You're a USL dropout that was a nobody that we didn't want anything to do with you. So you go latched yourself onto the school down the street. Congratulations on that. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Nick Nick with the dagger straight to the heart. That's fantastic. <laughs> no, you had the dagger straight to the heart. Well, I had to get rid of it because somebody <laughs> got the feelings hurt. So I, I try to be a grown up about it. Before I go, Jerry, you made a comment about the, fo- the foundation is going to pay itself back. Just to be clear, that's with private money. Are public money because there was a 
There's a conversation about auxiliary funds that we weren't supposed to use that may end up being used. And I think the conversation is people are wondering, is it going to be a private reimbursement or is it going to be public money? I have no idea. I, I just, I mean, I read, it was a comment on Twitter that I read, so I don't know the details about that. Maybe they'll pull it from the endowment. That's a joke. <laughs> that that fell flat. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, I didn't have a lot of prep time. I've been busy today. Uh, but uh, there's a few things that we can address. Like Nick made the comment that he's not too worried about the deficit. Initially, I really wasn't. But when you start to see the trend, it's concerning. In fiscal year 21, we run a deficit of 4.6, 4.2, somewhere in there. Fiscal 22, we ran a deficit of what we just found out was 8+. plus. This past season, if you look at the legislative auditor, we had our worst performing overall ticket sales combined. So I'm going to assume that we're going to be in decline again. So I don't know what that number is going to look like. If, if 2022 was 8 million, I mean, we might be looking at double digit million, you know, and that's scary because in a 36 month period, you're talking about maybe losing 20 plus million dollars. And I know that the foundation is wealthy, but it ain't that wealthy. I mean, athletics doesn't have that much money, that's for sure. So that's concerning. The trend is concerning, especially with all the change in college sports. But I mentioned the the legislative auditor. If you go onto their website and it's easy to access, you can look at the audits from, I mean, years and years of UL athletics, budgets in general. Since 2014, we have had a year-over-year total ticket sale decline except for Billy Napier's last year in 2021. That's not just season tickets. That's walk-ups. That's all sports included. We talked about football and singled that out because it's the moneymaker. Um, but all sports, season tickets and regular and just walk-up tickets down year over year, every single year, except in 2021, Billy Napier's last year. So by the way, when you hear people say, well, we won and we won when Billy was here in 2021 and nobody showed up, that is that is dishonest and it's a misnomer. It's either a, a intentional misinterpretation of the data or it's incompetence. One way or the other, it's still bad. I don't care what they try, how to try to spin it. The fact of the matter is, is that we, our fans started to show up again in 2021 after Billy demonstrated that he could win here, and it looked like we made a commitment to football. People started to show up. And also, we capped it off with a Sunbelt Championship game record attendance in 30-plus thousand. So if they, when they tell you that we didn't win when we were ranked, that's not true. I just wanted to clear that up. And by the way, that data is all on the internet. Go check it out. And it's from a third party. So we couldn't manipulate anything. There's so many things that you could say about this situation but the pattern is clear, and the money is not there. I have I have a very hard time understanding how we got a payout of $43,000 from the Independence Bowl when we were told it had one of the biggest payouts of the lower-tier bowls. And our, and our viewership was pretty high, all things considered. So what happened there? You know, I, I know that we don't have the answers, and I know nobody's going to talk about it from the athletic department. I know we'll reach out to 10 people, and they'll say, well, you know, can't really say anything. We know how this goes. We've been doing this long enough. If they wanted to communicate communicate with the community and get back in good, good graces and be transparent to where their investors might listen to them, 
you might want to get out in front of this like you could have during the state of the program release that the AD sent out a couple of weeks ago. That would have been a great time. But that didn't happen, as it usually doesn't. And I still can't understand how you don't think this type of information is going to come out and hurt you from a public relations standpoint, hurt you from an optimistic standpoint. Look at all the other media markets. They're dunking all over us because of the $8 million deficit. How you don't get in front of that is as dumbfounding to me as you not correcting a media narrative that's wrong about Michigan State and us pulling out of the game. It's a continual failure on communication. It's continual failure to inform your investors and your fans and your supporters. Incompetence has a cost. I've been saying that as long as I could... that that we've been doing this pod. We come out here all the time and we say, I know y'all want to be positive. I know y'all want to look at all the happy things and who's winning and what's going on. And we get distracted sometimes with either good or bad performances on the hardwood or the gridiron or the baseball diamonds and softball diamonds. The fact of the matter is, is that we are an unhealthy athletic program and we've been trying to tell everybody that for as long as we've been on here and all they say is we're negative. Well, the numbers are out. What's negative is our balance sheet. It ain't raging review. And we've been sitting here and telling you, fix tailgating, fix the customer relations, fix all this nonsense. $8 million, $12 million in 24 months, and when the numbers come out, it's going to be over $20 million next year. But y'all keep getting mad at us and fussing at us on the board and Twitter and all this stuff. I mean, we're looking at FCS-level financial support here. Nobody wants to hear that, but that's the truth. I mean, you're talking about what ULM spending per capita, I guess. I mean, our spending is what it is, but you're talking about you're talking about ULM level support from a financial standpoint, I guess is a better way to say. You're it. talking about rice level support. And with all the money they have, there's no support in athletics, but they're happy with their academic side. Sure. I mean, this sounds all too familiar, Josh. Well, this is the model We're happy they want. with academics. Yeah, great academics, uh, athletics, whatever. We're good. Whatever you want to do, you're good. And, and then they, they operate business as usual. You know, everybody gets mad. Bob Marlin is a polarizing topic, no matter how you look at it, has been for 10 years. Totally get it. When you re-sign the guy after a dance, a big dance appearance, and season tickets get cut in half, You're not listening to people at that point. You're saying, we're going to do it our way. We're going to do it the way we want to do it, and y'all be damned. You know, this the term budget hire with Mike, we didn't like that. And I, I I don't buy into that, and I don't like it. But it really gives credence to it when you have a budget sheet that looks like this. I can understand where the narrative came from. I'm sure many can. And I hope Mike wins, and it would be a great situation. But the hire... I'm sorry to say it, the hire at the time did not fit the trajectory that the football program was on. That doesn't mean I don't support Mike. It means we were top 25 and ascending, and we hired a guy that couldn't get an interview at any other program. Our fans are not wrong about that. Not only that, you did a horrible job marketing the guy you did a horrible job marketing the fact that we had the longest rent win streak in the country we were sunbelt conference champions there's still not a damn banner in the in the stadium and i don't care if it was because we were about to renovate that's the dumbest excuse i've ever heard 
You did nothing. You sat on your ass with a skeleton uh, employee staff while this man had to rebuild his entire program. And you're, and you're baffled that there's no season ticket participation. There, there's no ticket drive. There might be one next year. Who knows? There's no ticket drive. There's, there's almost no RCAF push. There's almost none. There's no sales force. There's nothing. How can we be surprised? We're not surprised. We've been talking about this every week for three years. Well, I think to your point about the whole be positive, be negative thing, looking at the circumstances that we're facing right now, $8 million deficit in the budget. That means we didn't produce revenue. We didn't produce revenue because we didn't sell tickets. We didn't sell tickets because we didn't go to the community and create community engagement. I can't come on here and smile about that. I don't think any of us can. And at that point, if you do, and it kind of goes into your propaganda line, Josh, you know, now you're just lying to people if you think that that's a good thing of what's going on right now. This is concerning. And I remember years ago, this was back in like 2000, I was talking to somebody about this earlier, around 2003, 2004, when, when Ricky Bustle first arrived this first few years, and there was some excitement on the trajectory of the program from where it was. And I remember they did, I'm not sure if it was a bus tour or they made some stops around the state and around the region, Houston. I think there was, I went to the one in New Orleans. They, they met at one of the hotels downtown, did a bunch of meet and greets. I want to say Gerald Hebert was there fundraising. Uh, I'm not sure if Mr. Nelson Schechtsnader was there or not, but there were a few people that were higher ups, including Coach Bustle, that tried to sell the program to people in other areas outside of Acadiana. Where is that now? Where's the bus tour? Where's the bus stop? We used to do the bus stop. Remember, take the bus around all over Acadiana, go to Houston, go to New Orleans. Where's it at? Where, where's, where, where's the RCAF events? Where, where's the community engagement? Where's the preseason RCAF party at Cypress Bayou we used to have? Where's something in Iberia Parish where freaking Des is from? Like, why are we not do, engaging with the community that our head coach is from. He's not an outsider. We complain all the time. We have too many outsiders. Well, now we have someone from here, and we do nothing to promote him as a hometown guy. But the, the point of the matter is, is all of those, all of those different ways of engagement, that is your tool to casting out bait to reel in future donors, fans, right? We talk about the mascot. The reason why the mascot's so important it's because you're, you're trying to bring in younger generation of children who may have an impression, you know, from the mascot. You can become fans. I remember when I was a kid, I was a fan of the Cajun chicken. Brought me in. I mean, these are all ways and I, these are all opportunities to lure in new fans and lure in fans because not many people are around like us where we were born and raised on UL. That generational gap between two, 1997 and 2006, 2007, or 2008. It's a big gap of fans that or kids that really didn't follow UL sports as much because of the lack of success, especially in football. Well, now we're starting to see the results of that. So do we want to repeat history again and just kind of ignore that? Or do we want to bring that in and try our best to cultivate a younger fan base or a younger crowd that'll one day grow to be the Cajun fans that we are today. 
it's not a hard thing to do. That's the thing. It's not hard. It doesn't, I'm sure it costs a little bit of money, but the return is, you know, future fans, future supporters, future donors. But instead, the only thing I see that we're trying that, that we do to reach out to younger people or when we declare when we go to battle with the students on how they can tailgate and how they can show up to the games and how they act. It's like you're doing the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. You're scaring away people rather than trying to bring them in. Jerry, I'm just going to say this. You feel like you said it's not hard. None of what we suggest is hard. And look, maybe not all of our ideas are great ideas, but we're, I'll say it again. We're just telling them what we're hearing as fans. But when you say that uh, this stuff is not hard, but they're not doing it, that just tells me they don't want to make the effort to do it. That's what that tells me. They don't want to make any effort to do what needs to be done to get these things. Again, scheduling a spring practice at, at, at Nish in New Iberia or, or at Rain High School or hell, it, it, anywhere in Acadiana. Doesn't take a whole lot of preparation. You make a couple phone calls. You arrange a bus to go down there or a charter flight if it's too far. You know, we don't want those guys to get fatigued. But you go out to Acadiana and you do these things that don't cost a whole lot of money and doesn't take a whole lot of effort. But the silence and and not doing anything about it tells me that you don't want to make the effort to make it better. So when you're at that point and me as a fan if you're telling me I'm not going to make an effort for you to come to the games, why do I want to go to your game? I don't want to go to a game if I don't feel appreciated or wanted there or asked to go or outright disinvited or outright disinvited. If they, if they spent as much energy as they do tell figuring out why people can't go to the games, if, if they took all that energy and tried to figure out why people could go to the games, we, we'd have a, a full stadium every week, but we're so focused on the things that make it harder for people. The parking situation, the, the, the tailgating situation, the student Greek life situation. We make it so difficult for anybody to want to participate in going to games. And then we look around, like you said, Josh, we look around and said, I don't know why anybody doesn't want to come. Well, these are all symptoms, and you're not, Nick. And you're not putting the effort out. So I, I, I'm at a loss. I really don't know how to fix that. How do you fix that? It's these are symptoms. These are these are indicative of a mindset. It's not just the student body. It's not just the lower donors. It's not just the people that don't feel like they're being listened to. People like us who spend time and sacrifice dollars and effort and all this stuff. They don't listen to us. They don't listen to Corey, who spent two years on a campaign. It took him two years to tell him, oh, sorry, we can't, we can't do that here. We don't do that here. Like this, these, it is a mindset. They are behind the enemy lines and they feel like they have to, uh, I, I guess they have to circle the wagons and keep out the outsiders. That's how they behave. I mean, they run the program as if we owe them something. They run the program as if we're some big P five, and we're gonna be we're we're gonna be lining up five hours ahead of time to catch a men's basketball game on a Tuesday night. That is not this. This is a small G five program. We are in the shadow of a, a behemoth sixty miles away. You gotta run this program constantly, thinking that that you're not good enough. You gotta go sell yourself. Every day, 24-7, 365. But instead, we sit on our ass. Instead, we hire people from programs that have never done less with uh, more with less. 
They've only sat there and had the they had the the entitlement of a brand that they could they didn't even have to sell. It sold itself. You think that guy Preston Miguez, I call him Preston Miguez. I forgot his last name. Uh, you think that guy over there in Baton Rouge has a lick of talent? He has no talent. The only reason he has a following is because he has that big tiger eye next to his name. That's the only reason anybody knows who he is, and I barely know who he is. But I'm saying, like, we don't have that. We have a great brand, I think. I think we have one of the best monikers, if not the best, in the country. I think when you see Raging Cajun or you hear that, you know exactly where they're talking about, and that's a great thing. That's that's the power to the brand. Uh, But as far as, like, selling the product, we have no history. We haven't been successful long enough. We, We... we haven't had a, a commitment to excellence like an app state. We don't have that. So you have to constantly get up and sell, 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 sell. And up until about two months ago, we don't even have a damn sales force. Now, you tell me how that makes sense. We have we, we are 0 for 3 in, in, in RCAF uh, leadership. 0 for 3. I'm going to ask you guys a question, and you can nod or whatever. How many times have you heard Trey Frazier speak in your lifetime? Who's Trey Frazier, dude? Exactly. <laughs> Jerry, how many times have you heard the RCAF director speak? Uh, when I've met him a few times. So a few I've times. I've talked to him a few times. Yeah. Anybody know how long he's been here? Uh, year and a half. Almost two years. People don't even know who Trey Frazier is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not nuts. Nobody knows who he is. How's that possible? His job is to go find money for the program. It's insane. So we're over three on RCAV hires. We we have less than two thousand members. Fifteen years into this thing that we call the Raging Cajun Athletic Foundation, we're we're now starting to revamp the point system again, and we're fixing all the horrible business model that we just found out that we had with the Champions Fund and how you, if you gave to one fund, you didn't get credit for the other fund, and you had to pay more for that fund just to be able to pay more to tailgate. It's outrageous, and we wonder why we can't sell things. And it took. It took losing $12 million in 24 months for somebody to say, maybe, you know, maybe this isn't working. Maybe we should try something else. It, to me, go back to the point, it is indicative of a mindset in that building that we owe them, that it is the fans' fault for not paying more and giving more and shutting up and not asking the difficult questions and not putting on a smiley face and eating the shit sandwich. It's our fault. Because they're the professionals, damn it. They know what they know what to do. It's you guys, you poor little peasants that don't show up. That's the problem. It's not us, Nick. And look, this is Cajun country, baby. You ain't gonna pull no fast one over here. This all this this nonsense that they talk and all this happy-go-lucky stuff that we we clearly can see is not real. You do that to a Cajun, especially older Cajun people, they don't have time for this. I'm going hunting, I'm going fishing. I'm gonna go work in my yard. I, I got. I don't have time for this. I'll turn the radio on and entertain myself. But they don't know their customer base. They haven't taken the time to learn their customer base. Somebody needs to send them a history book, uh, the Odyssey of the the Acadians. If you guys are Seven Ships, if you guys have ever read that, it'll tell you exactly what you need to know about your customer base. You know, Maggard's one of these uh, academians. Uh, he he should he should read the book. It would it would tell him a lot about who the people he's selling to are. The business model that we employ doesn't work. To get the money at the gate just to make sure we can pay the bills doesn't work. We talked about this last week, I think maybe a week before. You get them to the event, you get them a, get a couple of drinks in them, and they'll spend all the money they have in their pocket. 
But we're so scared to change the model because that's all they know. It's a blueprint they have to follow because that's all they freaking know. And it does not work in Acadiana. It does not work in a place that has free festivals every week. It doesn't work in a place that has a festival for every damn thing and it's always free to get in. That's the model that we need to employ. Change something. Listen to somebody. If you want to take a bus tour around Acadiana, awesome. But that is a symptom to me. But Josh, I'm going to go back to it takes effort. Doesn't take a lot of effort, but it takes effort. And I have not seen anybody in this program willing to make an effort. I really haven't. Because again, you had this great marketing strategy, our our town, our team, and did nothing with it because they had to make an effort to do something with it. And so we as fans just throw our hands up in the air and I, it's, it's just mind boggling. It's mind boggling. When, when you're talking about you have now we've had proof that our fans are selling out of our program. They're saying just like investors, you know what? I'm going to sell my stock. I don't believe in you anymore. And instead of changing anything, like you said, instead of changing anything, we just keep doing the same thing and expect we're going to get different results and then blame the investors for not investing. I, I don't have an answer. What What's the harm at this point, right? What's the harm? It's look, your boat is taking on water right now. You're going to have to plug that leak eventually before you become the Titanic. What, what harm is it to change the model a little bit now and at least try? Like, I feel like sometimes, and I've said this to, to both of you in private, but I'll say it out loud now. It seems like at this university, our the, the kryptonite word is try. We're too afraid to try. You know, getting out that comfort zone. And I'm like, well, at this point, I don't think we have a choice but to try. I mean, the the question is this: What's the alternative, right? Like, like whenever we talk about the parking thing, right? And you know, we want to make sure that people pay for a pass or give money to do the Champions Fund to be able to park. But if you show up to the parking lot and nobody's in the parking lot, what what harm does is it to maybe do general parking and charge a general admission for parking? Because you know what the alternative is for where it is now? Nobody's there. There's nobody there now. What's the harm? Well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the mindset, Jerry. The mindset's, well, these people paid all this money, so we can't let these people pay and just drive up and and you know what's gonna happen to the people that have paid the money. It's just like tailgate. You gotta pay the money. Oh, what I'm saying is you can charge the park, charge it. But right now the alternative is it's an empty parking lot. There's nobody right. there. But it well, it's terrible. like tailgating. It's like tailgating. Like you could offer cheaper per game tailgating for no, we can't do that because we can't cheapen the product because the people who who pay figure it out, like make an effort, do something. Cause what you're doing is not working. How many times have we said that this episode, what we're doing is not working and you're not listening and you're not communicating. So again, that tells me it's easier to be complacent and not do anything than it is to put out a little bit of effort and maybe fail, but maybe you won't fail. And we know when they fail, when something doesn't work, they just quit. So instead well, of just even trying it, they just don't do it. I mean, can you blame them? Attitude reflects leadership. When your athletic director's attitude is, well, why try? Why should we try to do this? Because people don't show up. Well, it's not the people aren't showing up. People recognize when it's a bad investment. Everybody wants to get upset because we can't land these whale donors. Or I've heard this also this week. Well, there are no whale donors. There's no whale donors. 
I don't know what the hell y'all forgot about the 80s, but there's still a ton of oil money in this town. There's still a ton of it. I know a couple of these people. You want to know why Tabasco doesn't want to give money to this athletic program? Why Matt Stuller doesn't want to give money to this program? Rich people didn't get rich by making bad investments. We don't, we have not positioned ourselves to be good investments to these people. We haven't done it. And, and, and whose fault is it? It's our own fault. We are not a good investment. That's where we are. And again, I'll say, attitude reflects leadership. It, if it is the policy or the mindset of the person running the athletics department that let's not waste our time trying because they won't come anyway, well, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Don't try it. It'll happen. Well, he's right. It won't. What is the old saying? Whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. That's, what, that's where we are right now. And until somebody's willing to make a bold move, we're not going to change. And they won't, you know why they don't make bold moves is because this isn't a destination for any of these people. This is a stepping stone. So they're not going to go and put their neck out there and risk humiliation. They're going to save face and they're going to say, well, you know, we did what we could, but the fans just didn't show up. They're not going to make any radical changes. Why would they make a radical change? Because if they have a, a basketball or a football fundraiser and people don't show up, who does it look bad on? It looks bad on the organizer. Nobody wants to be the organizer that, that did, couldn't get 10 people in the room. It looks bad on them. It's all about career and saving face and not taking too many chances. It's, it's all that. It, it, we have so many problems, but we got to figure out the core. We got to figure out who are the real leaders in that building and, and forge some relationships. Because nothing's going to change until we get some people with some damn balls or, or whatever the female equivalent would be to... to, to Push us forward because we're in a rut right now. If that requires change in leadership, it needs to freaking happen. If it requires I, I, whatever it requires, we need to start. We need to start exploring those those uh, uh, possibilities. Because if not, we're staring ten million dollar loss next year in the face, or this past fiscal year in the face. And then what are they going to say? What are the papers going to say then? What it, what is the state as a whole going to say? How does it look in Baton Rouge where we're trying to get funding? I mean, how, this has a snowball effect. It's, it's momentum one way or the other. When you have the positive momentum, it's great, and it continues. When you have negative momentum, the same is true. We have some serious problems right here. This is not some rage and review co conspiracy creation, as Neil would say. This is real. This is something we've been talking about, and this finally came out, and now you can read it. And hey, kudos to the Lafayette media for doing their job. The one time the advertiser wants to write an article about us. Well, it's anytime about this, it's right? negative, they're definitely going to write oh, about yeah. it. So. We hadn't had an article in, in three months, but all of a sudden, you know, they're on top of this. Uh, That's very true. I, you know, it's, it. I just keep asking, how do we get here? Because there was so much hope, you know, with this new administration coming in, with with new coaches coming in. With the, you know, top 25, you you were saying, you know, we, we're not a marketable program. We were for two years and we did nothing with it except Correct. raise prices. It happened in 2014 that. too, Nick. But, but we In 2014, prices. across the board, all successful, all won the league, we raised prices. Same thing happened with Maggard. I mean, literally the same thing. It's just, it, it's it's mind boggling to me that that we're in this position again with so much potential in this athletic department with so much potential with what we can do athletically, you can keep saying, well, we'll build a stadium and 
they'll people will come. People are not going to come to a new stadium if they feel disconnected from the program. That's the bottom line. You can build the Taj Mahal for a stadium and nobody's going to show up. See the if Cajun you, Dome. Yeah. It's, you know, Cajun Dome is a beautiful palace. Nobody shows up. Renovation was supposed to solve all those issues. Didn't do it. Do I think that people will go check out the new football stadium? Of yeah. course. Of course they'll go once, maybe twice. They will. But it, but the same thing that happened at the Cajun Dome. You had the little initial bump because people wanted to check it out. And then they saw there was no lack, there was no commitment to excellence, and they stopped going. And now it's at a point where, I mean, I would love to know how much money we lose on the Cajun Dome alone. Just opening it, I mean, just the bills to have a basketball game has got to be a loss. Air just conditioner is like ridiculous. They so, turn you know, it off when there's not an event because it's so expensive. You're a damn fool if you're this type of person where oh, just put your smile, you know, your your smile on and be positive about the program. That is a good way to die a, a very quick death. The slow death will be if we actually try to address the problems, but the quick death will be let's ignore them, which is what's happening. But but it, you're a fool if you think that we we shouldn't be addressing these these clear issues. You're a fool. Well, we're addressing we're addressing them as fans because we're embarrassed. That's where this is all coming from. We were yes. embarrassed for the report from the report that came out that basically concluded what we've known. And now we've got to defend it because people are making fun of us. We've got to defend it. The administration's not even defending it. We've got to be at the front lines defending this program because you won't do it. Somebody stand up. Somebody talk to us. Somebody defend what happened. Somebody tell us what happened. Because all we're doing as fans are being embarrassed by being a fan. We're embarrassed that we're a fan of a school that can't even keep their finances straight. That can't, that that year over year, it's in a steady decline and we see it and we tell you what to do and you don't do it. And so now we're defending other people laughing at us and you won't even defend it. How did we get in a position where we were fans and we were trying to spread Cajun across the nation and push the brand across the land and all that? How did we get from that to being the only people that'll stick a mic out and say, well, this is what's going on and, and try to answer questions and defend ourselves with, with you know one arm tied behind our back because we don't have all the information that, Mar that uh, the athletics department has? How did, it, how did it become that we are taking the brunt of the stuff of the trash while the de the department the sits back and just doesn't say anything, they just nothing. Ray, we get the brunt of it all. Jerry knows what I'm talking about. We're getting the tweets and the the emails and the this and the that. We shouldn't have to do that. That's, we're having an answer for the athletic department because they won't do it. We're just That's insanity. <laughs> we're just a couple of goofballs on a podcast. Why are we having to talk about this? Especially since we don't know all the intricacies of what's going on. But they won't talk to us. But damn well they'll tell you, well, y'all don't know anything. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, we're, we're doing pretty good with what we have. So, yeah, we don't know everything, and we'll be the first to tell you. But it's not because we're not trying. It's because we're being ignored and shut out. Well, then you then you say something if that's right. the case. If you're going to tell us that we don't know anything and y'all are saying this stuff, it's your job. To, you're getting paid to say this stuff, not us. You say it. You go. You go defend these numbers. You go explain why these numbers are the way they are. It's not our job. Specifically, not our job. specifically, if you're a 6-6 six and six team and you know you're going to take a $400,000 haircut on a bowl appearance, what are you doing? Is there not an option to say no? Like, I understand that you don't want to turn down a bowl and look like you got left out like tech. 
But damn, four hundred thousand dollars to go lose to Houston in a free in, in in a freeze. Like, did they not know the the financial impact that that was gonna result in? I, I'm I'm just fascinated by how that happened. Well, I'm fascinated at the fact that they were more pissed off at the fact that we took a picture of the student section and told the students, why didn't you show up? than they are about getting embarrassed in the media about the 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 Minnesota, uh, excuse me, the, the Michigan State thing and the budget. They, they great, were more outraged at the fact that we posted a picture of the student section and said, students, you need to do better than they are about any of this. That that's, tells that's you everything point. you need to know now. And still, we're here wiping their ass when they don't want to defend their, themselves in the university. What a joke! It, no, it's it's time. I I think to your point, it's 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 time to start taking chances. It's time to start taking chances. Is we're we're beyond we're we're beyond due for that. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Time to start taking chances. Um, the most successful coaches here and the most successful administrators in the past. What made it so? What made the success of the community outreach so great was they were willing to go to these local places and shake hands, kiss babies, say hello. I've always said, and I'll stick with this: Nicadiana, when it comes to UL athletics, the way you get the community involved is you go to the coffee shops, you go to the local stores, you go to the local businesses, you kiss babies, and you shake hands. It's like running for political office. I say it every week. Hopefully, somebody picks up and listens. HUD did it. Robe did it. A few former softball coaches did it. I mean, Yvette Gerard built her program, built this softball juggernaut by doing just that. And then we ran her off because we wouldn't pay for facilities. That's where we you heard Jerry. that before. And Tony did the same thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know but Tony Coach was Bo so put loyal. together. Tony's a Cajun. I mean, Yvette's Cajun too, but Tony was so loyal to the program, they right. could step all over him, walk all over him, and he wouldn't leave. And they knew it. And look, Coach Bo did a good job building the program. I'm not going to act like there was nothing here. But Coach Robe took it to a whole other level, and he turned it into the behemoth that, it, that he is. Those two people, and and we know what the similarity is, is that they they basically did it aside from the athletic program. So we know that. And that's why it's sustained success and why there's some excellence involved. <laughs> it's it's truly hilarious. But you see two programs that were built from the ground up by, by local people. And you saw the way they reached out to the community and you saw what followed it. It wasn't just the atmosphere and the program itself. It was the success of the program on the field that followed. That's why baseball and softball are your two most popular sports here. I'd also argue that even when those programs weren't winning, they kept their following and they kept their participation and they kept their crowds because there was a loyalty and a relationship there. We we sure. who who is that person now? I mean, Deggs has a little bit of it. I would say Jerry Glasgow ha- has built a little bit of it. Who else? Bob Marlon's been here fourteen years. I'm not even going to suggest those two names in the same sentence because it would be absurd. Well, that was a good budget talk because it, it and really it plays into what we've been talking about, right? Community outreach, bringing in more fans, bringing in more people, opportunity costs, right? To pay more money, to give, to do what they can. I mean, that's really how you solve it. You have to get more community outreach, get people more involved to spend their money here. And obviously, we're $8 million short on that. So hopefully, this could be a wake-up call and we can do that 
moving forward. And Jerry, before before we go on, I just want to say yet again, there are going to be people who listen to this and say, well, these guys just want to be negative. These guys are just want to hate on the university. They just want to hate on the leadership. They they don't like anything that's going on. So they have a platform and they, it's not about that. We are all look you, me, I'm uh, Jerry. I know you, Josh, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. But we all, we all will live or die with this university. We all support the university no matter what. They drive us crazy. The athletics department drives us nuts. I'm not going to say we're going to st all stick around for athletics forever because it's so damn frustrating. But we all love this university. And we all love what we're about. And we all, you know, are Cajuns at heart. But when you're making it tough for even us as diehard individuals, as your most diehard fans to be a fan, that's got to resonate with someone and let you know that you're not on the right track and changes need to be made. It's not that we hate the people in charge. It's not that we hate the university. It's not that we hate the athletics. It's not that we hate a certain coach. We just want to get better. And, and it comes from a place of love and it comes from a place of, us supporting this, you know, till, till we die. But athletically with NIL and everything out there, we've got to start removing some of these barriers. I just want to throw that out there because again, I don't want anybody misconstruing what we're saying as, as hatred. It's not, it's coming from a place of love and us wanting to get better. So all of the people that are going to take this and spin it, however they want, you can go ahead and do that, but that is not the case. And I think anybody with a brain knows that. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If it's if if we're sitting here as diehards talking about these things, what does that say to the ordinary fan or the ordinary person who may not be as much of a Cajun fan, just somebody, a local person who just happens to go to a game every once in a while? What do you think they're thinking right now? They're not thinking. You know? They don't care. They're, not they're checked out. They don't, there you go. There you go. And to clear it up, Nick knows I'm a ride or die, but I'm so frustrated with these people, you know. I don't even know what to say. I'm so frustrated. I have never been this frustrated. Honestly, if we didn't do Rage and Review, I don't know. I don't know where I would be as far as my fandom is concerned at this point. Doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, financially or whatever the case may be, support the university. I mean, we have kids here. I'm I'm, I'm trying to have a vibrant community, and you know, my kids might go to UL. Probably will. I, I support the university, but man, they make it tough. And athletics is even worse especially when they freeze you out. I mean, like they said, we care the most. And and unfortunately, we hate we hate having to come here and be negative. I know some people think it that we like it. No. We hate we would much rather be I mean, go back and listen to our Billy Napier episodes and when we went to the dance when basketball and baseball is on the upswing, we much prefer to be excited and and enjoying wins and talking about the runs we're going on. That's way more fun. That's what the podcast was supposed to be about. But nobody else is willing to talk about this stuff. We have no media coverage, not not regular media coverage. We have no no real coverage in the news. So it kind of falls in our lap and we have to talk about it. If we don't, it looks like we're ignoring it. I'd, I'd much rather be talking about basketball being, you know, where JMU was. But here we well, are. Well, we have media coverage when something bad happens. Oh, They're sure. all over that. <laughs> oh, sure. They love to pick on us. Well, it's pretty simple. Find your target market or find your target market. Start doing some bus tours like you used to with the coaches and your administrators. Do another, do a preseason RCAF function where everybody's invited, not just the 5,000 up donors. 
and just increase your community engagement, man. And when you keep saying that, just increase your community engagement. This is a very personable area. It's easy to go from zero to something. But I gotta, I gotta, can I please respond to this guy, Greg? He asks, what three positions need first changes in personnel to make a difference? First of all, Greg, it's, it's, it's a mindset, man. We got to change the culture. We talk about the culture, the culture, the culture. What, what is the culture? The culture is freaking lazy. It's lazy. It's not caring enough to fix a PR problem. It's not caring enough to get out and talk to your, your fans and supporters. It's not caring enough to finish the damn Alden report. It, it's, it's a mindset that we've got to change. The, the, when, when the leadership is, is thinking, why try because they won't come anyway? We have lost. It doesn't matter who the coach is. We can hire Harbaugh. We can, we can hire the best AD in America. It wouldn't matter. If the attitude is why try, we have already lost. That's the number one thing that's got to change. The number two thing's got to change is our self-esteem as supporters. Like, it's embarrassing to have these type of, of reports come out, but we're not going to go run and hide and stick our, our heads in the sand. We're going to come out and get, get public and defend it, talk about it, because that's how you fix problems. Ignoring the problem makes it worse, not better. So those two things need to occur before anything. And then, like Jerry always says, number three, you got to fix how you interact and, and engage the community. Fix those three things, and we'd be in a completely different stratosphere, and we wouldn't have to fire anybody. Now, catch me on, catch me on Rage and Review After Dark, and I'll tell you who needs to be fired. But those three things need to change first. Yeah, I'll go with Andrew Thomas, though. Um, yeah, whoever's in charge of Greek life engagement with the university probably needs to be on that list, too. Should have been fired two years ago. It's a, it's it's a it's a travesty what's happening with her. I'm more nervous about what we're going to see in the 2023-2024 fiscal year because, like you said, I mean, ticket sales and football and basketball haven't been that great this year. I don't know. We're still spending money. So, obviously, they're, they're prepared for whatever we do. And I guess that's why I said I wasn't worried about it because they know they know what's coming. Somebody, the, the man up top that's paying all these bills knows how much these charter flights are going to be. They're paying for them. So I ain't worried about that. Truly, our budget should be $47 million. It should be $50 million. We don't have the media rights for that, but it should be the highest that it could possibly be with, within legal limits. But it just looks bad when it comes out in an auditor's report, and then you have, again— the 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 daily rag the the advertiser that that wants to post something negative about us at, the, at every chance they get that that comes out with the numbers so i'm not worried about that our concern is more on the revenue portion as far as tick, season ticket sales and why that is and we've said it and we've we're blue in the face saying it over and over again it's it's up to them to make a change good point nick and uh wow great topic tonight uh, so we've gone from budgets. Now let's talk a little bit of basketball. Moving on real quickly. We'll start with women's basketball. Right now, Coach Kerry Broadhead and the ladies kind of off a little bit to a rough start in conference right now. Uh, their overall record, they sit at 6-10 and 10 overall, 2-5 and five in conference play. Uh, last week, Thursday and Saturday, they each had a uh, home game, uh, both against ULM and Troy. Uh, came up short against ULM by the score of 65-59. And then they also lost to Troy by the score of 65 to 57. The Cajuns will be back 
tomorrow night, Thursday, at 5 p.m. against Coastal, and they'll play Saturday at 2 o'clock against Texas State. You can watch the game on ESPN Plus or listen on the Varsity Network at 103.3 FM or 14.20 AM. Now, Josh, I have to laugh. The other night, I forgot that we had lost. Like, I knew we had lost to ULM, but you that's just something. It's like, look, we're not playing well. But I don't know about you, but the way the ULM fans are acting when they beat us, it seems like they, they're going to the Final Four without realizing that it was their first win against us in 18 or 19 tries, I believe. Something like that. I I was just surprised they had fans or a fan. There's like this one guy that has a goofy avatar, and he he makes some funny comments from time to time, and I kind of respect him, honestly. I mean, what kind of dedication does it take to be a ULM fan, especially a ULM women's basketball fan? Look, I'm, I'm not trying to be ugly, but... When do we start pretending like everybody cares about women's basketball? I just, why why are we doing that? I I hope they win, but I'm not going to go on Twitter and talk trash over women's basketball. I mean, come on. Well, let's be honest, though. At ULM, I mean, I think their win against us was like their 12th win of the season. It was like their most wins at that point since like 2016. I couldn't tell you because never ever in my entire life have I looked at rankings for women's basketball. Not Cajuns basketball, not ULM, not the Iowa girls team, because I don't care about women's basketball. I hope we win. I hope I hope we do great. But there's a reason why we don't come on here and start hollering about firing Gary, because at the end of the day, we it's not high on the priority list. I'm certainly not going to go talk trash on Twitter. I guess is where I'm trying to go with that. Well, I know Razor Review had a parting gift for them the uh, the banner they can hang at Fant Ewing Coliseum first. First win in 19 tries against the Raging Cajuns, 2024. Hang the banner for the next game at Fant Ewing. I thought that was pretty funny, but I also thought it was funny that they were calling us Little Sister School. I mean, I believe we have like a 40-plus game win streak in softball over them right now. Um, again, they're 1-18 against us in the last eight, in 19 tries in women's basketball. And I guess when you don't win much over there in any sport, I guess women's basketball, they're finally above 500 this late in the year and something – I guess it gives them a little right to do a little smack talk. Let their one fan be happy. All right. Like they don't have a whole lot to cheer for. So let them be happy and move on. It's kind of how I look at it. It's all good. That's kind of how I look at it. Anyway, moving on. Oh, and also, too, before I forget. Yeah. So I'm glad Ryan brought that up. I think the Cajuns were down six players. He says eight. And we were down a few coaches against ULM and they still only managed to beat us by six. So basically, half the team was out that night for us. And I think it was a three-point game with like seven seconds to go. So congratulations on your win against our B team. Um, anyway. All that matters is making the tournament and and hoping to win it. That I mean, they, really, that game they in won't. the end doesn't, yeah, it doesn't. They won't. We, anyway. Making the tournament so that we can recoup some of this loss of money. That would be great. Right, exactly. Good point. All right, moving on to the men's side. Men's basketball went to Mobile last week, took on South Alabama, rematch of the conference championship last year in the tournament. Cajuns were victorious over the Jaguars by the score of 88 to 79, rounding their overall record to 11 and 8, overall 4 and 3 in conference play. That's a three-game road win streak and a 3 and 1 road swing that the Cajuns went through very very, very, very impressive. And uh, in this game, 
Leading scorer, Kobe Julian, 24 points, eight rebounds. Joe Charles had 22 points, nine rebounds, and two blocks. And the up-and-comer, our, our favorite Brit, Mr. Hosanna Katinje, 17 points, 11 rebounds, three assists. Cajuns, 50% from the three-point line, 10 for 20 from three. Field goal percentage, 48.4. And free throws, Cajuns were 18 for 22, 81.8% from the free throw line. So just a really good overall win for Louisiana at South Alabama. They will return home tomorrow night against Arkansas State. Uh, of course, the ladies playing first. The Cajuns will follow at 7.30 against the Arkansas State Red Wolves as a rematch from uh, the previous Saturday or two Saturdays ago when the Cajuns went up to Jonesboro, got the W. And then rounding off this weekend, the Cajuns will take on Texas State at 7 p.m. in the Cajun Dome. Both games you can watch on ESPN Plus or listen on 96.5 FM. They are in the heart of conference. And these first two games are the first two games of a six-game homestand, which includes a Sunbelt Mac Challenge, which the Cajuns, we found out, will play Bowling Green, the Falcons of Bowling Green, out of the Mac on Sunday, February 11th, right before Mardi Gras. So, guys, I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about men's basketball. Um, it's good to see. I'm, I guess we, we've always kind of talked about how they have potential in the inside game, and, and when they play as a complete team, they're really, really good. And I've noticed that in the last three games where they're being a lot more patient on their on their shot choices and not just throwing threes up in the air and hoping it lands. I think they're starting to use more of their inside game. A lot of that has to do with Hosanna Katinje. He's really come around. I think Joe Charles has done a great job um, kind of being more of a presence, not just outside, but inside. And he's making his three-pointers. Um, I'm also very impressed with Damus Falks. He's, he's the court general. Uh, defensively, I noticed they've been covering the paint a lot more, not really letting much inside pressure come uh, from their opposing from the opposing teams. And um, it's starting to work, and they're rebounding a lot better than they were the first five or six games. So um, if there's any time if there's any time for the team to start clicking, it's now. Uh, going on a three three and one road swing was huge for them, but now you know they've won the last twenty two out of twenty three at home, I believe, and now you've got a six game homestand all of which are conference except for one game. And that one game is against a pretty respectable Bowling Green team. Uh, if, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, this race is heating up. I know Cajuns currently sit at fifth or sixth in conference, but I mean, if if they're clicking at the right time and they come out of this uh, homestand, at least with at a minimum a five and one record, they could be in the hunt for the conference. What do you guys think? Hosanna in the highest, baby. Is that, is that what? Jay says, Hosanna in the highest. Uh, I'm a believer in Hosanna. I said it from day one. Y'all try to give me uh, crap for it, but hey, look at where I am now. I'm like the boot. I'm a soothsayer. Look, we're going to win at least five games. Uh, or I should say, what, two more games? Because we won three. Yeah. He said we'd go five and oh. We got two more games we're going to win. Look, I think this is this, this home stand is coming at the perfect time. Um, you're playing some decent teams at home. Hopefully some of our, our fans show up. We'll we'll get to that in a second, Josh, on those comments. But uh, look, you feel like, again, and I said it last week, you don't feel like you're living and dying by the three anymore. Their defense has been outstanding these last few games, and I think that's really been the difference maker. But second to that is that you're not just relying on the three ball. Guys aren't forcing shots from outside the arc, and I think that gives me a little bit of confidence that they figured it out so far this season. But... Really, it's all about positioning for the conference tournament. And uh, 
look, you, you have a real chance to make a dent in, in that record and move up in the standings in the next six games. So it's imperative that that you win at least four, hopefully five. Six would be great. But but I think you, you've got to definitely take care of business at home and have no crazy upsets. Uh, but but look, it, it's on an upward trajectory. And as long as they keep doing what they're doing, I think they're going to have a lot of success, but they can't fall back into the 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 forcing shots from from beyond the arc, because if they start doing that, then then we get into that silly street ball thing, which I hate so much. So keep keep playing defense, keep keep rebounding the ball. Uh, limit the silly turnovers, and I think we'll be in good shape. Shout out to the Cuban traitor. Man is on a hot streak yet again this year. I think the boot gets more coverage on Raging Review than anybody. I think he does, man. Because he's the bootstradamus, guys. <laughs> Cuban traitor. Cajun traitor, Cajun soothsayer. I mean, there's so many names for him now. I've settled on the Cuban traitor because they don't. Th- that doesn't exist, so it exists now. Um respect i was looking for a hosanna in the highest drop i'm gonna find one and i'll send it to you nick so you can add it to this the edited podcast um look katanja is he's a difference maker he's changed the way the team runs their offense and he's making better passes i still don't want to see him dribble too much in traffic because he makes me nervous but i noticed he's been holding the ball up a lot more so he's not getting the ball batted around that's a good thing um Folks had went on this really strange streak where he was just turning the ball over in odd times. That's that's gone. Uh, we did find out that Blake Butler has left the team, so shortens the bench. Uh, I don't know how much of an impact he had on the team. If he was a malcontent, I don't know if he was. I'm just saying, if he was, if he was a malcontent and he was worried about playing time, uh, that's a addition by subtraction type situation. I want to see Hardy get more playing time anyway. I like his game. I like his element of physical uh, play. I like he adds a lot to the team with that. Ratliff needs to get stronger and he needs to get more assertive, but we need his presence down low. Uh, I think Jerry mentioned that we weren't getting totally dominated on the glass like we were early in the season. I think we actually out-rebounded. Was it South Al that we out-rebounded by three? So that's a great trend. If we can, if we can even be close to other teams with regard to rebounding, that makes a, that makes a huge difference. But I like. You know, 17 to 23 point opportunities a game. You're not just throwing up, jacking up threes. I like that number. You start getting into 24, 26, 28, I hate that. I mean, we shot 50% 10 for 20. That That is such a um, an optimized way of playing basketball from behind the arc. That's great. But we also featured the inside out game. That That is what I want to see out of my team. I, I feel like you can lean on a game like that. I think if your identity is to be tough inside, you can lean on that. Now, obviously, that is predicated upon Katinje continuing to play well and staying healthy and all that. Uh, but I would rather have a team going in a tournament play that I can rely on to get buckets inside than having to shoot the lights out. That's just the way I see it. Um, again, Michael Thomas at the two guard has been playing well. That, I think, is a big part of why you've been able to win a few in a row here. The defense has been spectacular all season. The, effort, the effort's there every time they take the court. Uh, there's absolutely nothing you can say about their effort, and that's why I think they're fun to watch. I don't know if we're how over, overly athletic we are. I don't know about all that, comparatively speaking, but I think our effort is as good as there it is in the league. I don't think anybody has the effort that we do, not even JMU. So, look, if Julian can kind of bide his time and and just unload in the tournament that's when we need him we need him to match every other team's one if Katinje continues to be that 
piece that we know he can be. And then Joe Charles. So Joe Charles was on track to have another one of those games where he just, for some reason, doesn't show up on the score sheet. He had, I think, one point at the half at South Al. Then he turns around and has 22 in the second half or 23 in the second half. I got to get some consistency, half to half, game to game. I got to get that from Joe Charles because if you, he adds that third element, that third option. He stretches the floor. He gives you some spacing. You can do so many more things with, with a, an offense that moves the ball, stretches the floor, and, and um, spaces the floor well. Especially if we're going to get out and run like we have been. Transition's been a big improvement and, and a weapon for us. If you're going to do that, Joe Charles has got to show up every night because he adds so many things. He does a lot of things well. Um, I think I pretty much covered everybody I wanted to. I, you also have to say that, look, I mean, we played a bunch of bad teams on the road. I know it's still on the road. You still played some bad teams. The bottom of the belt is awful. That's the truth. Uh, I think I think we're going to get challenged at home. You know, Jerry said go 5-1. and one. Well, I never look ahead like that. I think that if you can beat a good, a decent bowling team, a green team, I don't know where they are in the net rankings. I didn't look it up. I think if you can beat that team, that's a nice feather in the cap. Um, it would be great to come out of the homestand five and one, Jerry, because then you're you're in a position to be top three in the league. I mean, you might be top two at that point. This is an important stretch. You're getting early into February. You got to start making a move. You got to you got to jockey for position in the tournament. This is where you make your money. The seeding matters. Everybody knows that. We're trying to get a buy. We're trying to get good position. That, that'll that matter with this team, especially with a short bench. So there are a few games that were played tonight, but I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick look at the net rankings. Right now, Louisiana is third in the conference, highest net rankings. We're sitting at 126. Uh, GMU sits at 63. App State six, sits at 72. So Louisiana is number three at 126, followed by Troy and then Arkansas State. So actually, the Cajuns are playing an Arkansas State team tomorrow night, who is fifth overall in net rankings. Uh, Bowling Green right now sits at 198. 198. A little higher than I expected. They have a couple of decent wins on a schedule. Um, and then the lowest, of course, ULM 326. And Coastal's at 323. So you have some teams. Those We've played Coastal already. We played Georgia Southern. They're at 315. You play ULM at home. Texas State sitting at 265. Southern Miss at 222. Marshall at 220. God. Georgia State at 211. League's so bad. Basketball's so bad in this league. Didn't Georgia State just have a weird loss last week? Um, the Georgia Southern, I think. Wow. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia Southern goes like 0-12 and, and then gets into the league, and I think they're middle They're like the third place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so bad. Yeah. It's strange. You know, and they, it's just, Keith Gill was supposed to come in and start to fix this. It's gotten worse. It's gotten worse, man. We had a decent year. What was it? Last year. We had a decent year in this league, but my God, this is so bad. This year seems like an anomaly, sort of. It's weird because it's either like it's top heavy, right? Top two or three teams. Oh, yeah, they can win it all. And then you look at like the bottom three or four, and it's like the worst of Division One. And you're like, wait but a I, minute. I don't think that's an anomaly, Jerry. That's what we've seen, yeah, that's, you know, that's outside of regular. last year. Like, that's normal to me. I, I don't know, man. I, I just I have a hard time believing that ULM is as bad as 326. Well, I guess we'll find out. ULM. By the way, I, can I share something real quick? I know this is a, a little bit s silly, but I want to share this. Give me a second. Let me share screen. Let me get the right window up. So our boy Richie from South Alabama. Uh, you cannot tell me that when he stands like this, he does not look like Forrest Gump. I'm sorry. The man is Forrest Gump's like doppelganger. I'm, and what's I'm hilarious saying, about it. What's hilarious about it is that 
that part that part took place at Bayou La Battery, which is right outside of Mobile. Well, there you so go. It makes almost, sense. It's it, it makes sense. <laughs> I've been Ryan saying that for years. Richie Nobody Riley. else sees it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget when Ronnie Arrow, the old the old uh, coach at oh South gosh. Alabama. Do remember you remember when he guy? lost his craft? Yes, because yes, we, didn't have, uh, we didn't have we didn't have replay. Yeah, the monitor. Randall Dago hit a half court shot. Remember oh, to beat him. Oh yeah, uh-huh. right and, <laughs> at the buzzer. And and the whole time, and I think it was John Duga who basically said he's like, because Ronnie Arrow. So the story was, we were down by two, I think, and, ran, and like with two seconds left, we in we inbounds the ball. Randall Dago basically just throws a prayer up from half court. I'm on the other side. I, I was a student. I'm on the other side, and he just nails the shot. I think we won by one, if I'm not mistaken, one or two. And after the game, we're all celebrating, going crazy. And then all of a sudden, you see two of the coaches from South Alabama yelling at the at at the scores table. And all of a sudden, you see Ronnie Arrow getting John Duga's face. Starts yelling at him. Starts freaking out, yelling at him. And this goes on for a good five, ten minutes to the point where I think the cops had to come in and try to almost escort him out. Well, later and then and then at the time they showed the the still shot on the jumbotron of the ball out of Daigle's hands. And I think like the, the, this, I think the, the, the clock still said like 0.01 seconds. So it clearly showed the ball was out of his hands. So we later find out. And it's funny. Cause I actually asked John about this. Yeah. That, Andrew Grady makes a comment. It's true. Cause you can actually hear this on, on the, uh, on the news. What do you mean? I can't get in his face. Basically John tells us, and I'm sure I know, he know, he told you this, Nick, he, John was like, looks, I didn't want Ronnie yelling at other people. So I told him, come yell at me, then out on me. So the whole time he's in my face. Well, it started because the assistant coach from South Alabama was the one that started screaming about having no monitor. We had no replay monitor at the time. And it was the assistant coach freaking out. Well, Ronnie Arrow sees it. So he starts yelling. John gets in the way and says, look, yell at me. And that's when all hell broke loose. What do you mean you don't have a, a monitor at a division one game? And I just remember <laughs> just the footage of him just going crazy. His face was all red. He was all upset. I wish I could find it because Duga just had the grin on his face. Like he's just sitting there like smiling as this guy's yelling at him. Just yelling, going crazy. <laughs> that was one of the best moments ever. I got to see if somebody still has that clip. I think it was KATC back in the day. That was some good stuff. It's a crying shame that you're a Division One school who doesn't have a monitor at a Division One game. That's the truth. I remember he said, that's the truth. He got all upset. And what's funny is I think that year we only won like eight games. So it was a big win for us because we really didn't win much that year. But that was kind of the highlight of the season. Eight games? Wasn't Marlon here during that time? That was Robert Lee. Damn, you just messed my joke up, Jerry. Oh, sorry. (laughs) What was the joke? Or did I ruin it already? No, no, there's no reason to proceed. It's gone. Well, speaking of Coach Marlin, so right now, and I know we've we've been calling it out on social media, look, we're ninth in the league in attendance. We have fans that pride ourselves on attendance. We used to bring a lot of fans to the game. Ninth in attendance. Not going to cut it. Got to get those numbers up. Well, I think Coach Marlin took our, took our lead, and um, he said something pretty significant in his press conference the other day. Nick, do you have that clip? All right, I got it up. You ready? I'd like to challenge a crowd to come out. Uh, we're ninth in attendance. The four new schools are, are well in front of us, and then five of the or four of the older schools are in front of us, and they shouldn't be. We led a league in attendance for a few years, and to be candid 
uh, we've had more success than any other team in the league. We won twenty, what twenty four, twenty five, and and uh, you know a lot, a lot of good things going on. So I want the crowd to come out and support this group. They've been very good at home over the last two years, and it makes a big impact for our guys. And uh, we're playing good basketball. So if you enjoy good ball, uh, come out and watch us this week. So, look, we, we always talk about coaches trying to encourage fans to show up to games. And I want to say this was one of the first times I think we, Coach Marlin has come on and has encouraged fans to go to the games. Um Josh, I know you had some other opinions on it. Uh, I personally was like, look, he's putting forth the effort. He's trying to get people to show up. Right now, we're averaging just under 2,000 fans a game, which is actually, at this point in the year, kind of unacceptable for our standard. But, you know, I'm glad he said that as far as coming to the game. You know what, Josh? I'll let you take it. Go ahead, man. Well, I have a question first. I mean, we, when we brought up attendance, we were told that those numbers are not real. Those are fake numbers. So how are we ninth in attendance when the, the numbers aren't real? Jerry, did you get any clarity on that? We were told those numbers weren't real. Well, we were told by certain people in the, in, in, in the basketball fan base that we led the league in attendance. Rebounders Club, I'll say it. Uh, we, t- we had the highest attendance in the well, league. Well, we're ninth. We, we were... We were we were the best. We those numbers were fake. That's what they told us. I just wanted. To, I want to get that out because the Rebounders Club believes that we lead the attendance. Uh, we lead the conference in attendance. I just want to say that, um, which is hilarious. But look, what he didn't in, in include, and maybe he didn't know these numbers at the time. But we're also behind McNeese by over a thousand fans on average. Grambling, I'm sorry, Southern, not Grambling, Southern. By I think it was like seven hundred people a game, Louisiana Tech, and then us. Now LSU is excuse me, TSAB is in another. They're in a P five. This is this is just non P five programs. So we're fourth in the state in non P five attendance, behind Southern and McNeese. That's how dire things are. So anyway, uh, we come here all the time, and especially me. You know, we talk about the Chairman Marlin thing, and that 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 bit is hilarious. I love it, but the 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 origins are real and pure. It comes up. The reason why you're ninth in attendance is because you pump the fan base full of propaganda. You propagandize the Rebounders Club, and then they go out and propagandize the fan base. So you got on a press conference and pumped propaganda in a speech where you ask people to come to the games. We're, we're ninth in attendance. We're, we're fourth or fifth in the state. When's the last time we led the conference in attendance? It hasn't been any time soon or recent. So what's he talking about where we've been leading the conference in attendance? Maybe we've done that a few times in his tenure, but this is not something that's regular. Also, what do you mean we've had more success than anybody else? JMU was a top 25 team this year. What, 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 what is he talking about? We went to the dance last year, first time in 10 years, twice in 14. Awesome. Georgia State, Ron Hunter owns you. You still pay rent to Ron Hunter. What are you talking about? This is the propaganda. Look, I will say 
I appreciate the effort. Finally, he got out in front of it and said, hey, please come out and watch us play ball. I applaud the effort. He should do that. That's one of his reasons. That's one of his mandates as a coach. Go ahead and, you know, make some inroads with the fan base. They might want to come and watch you play. But you do that by saying, hey, we got a fun group. They play hard. They play good, entertaining basketball. We're competing in the league. We'd appreciate y'all coming out. The staff would really appreciate it too. End of clip, end of press conference. That's how you do it. That's how you engage our, our, our community. You don't poke them and say, well, to be candid, I don't understand, which is basically what he said. There's contempt in his voice because he thinks it's the fan's fault. He has, he has Putin syndrome is what I call it. There's so many yes men around him at all times. He cannot understand why people don't glorify him. He's the God's gift to basketball. How could these, how could these peasants not be so, so how couldn't they love me? Look at all the wonderful things I've done. It's propaganda. This is where the Chairman Marlin thing came from. You don't tell me that you're the most successful program and that you've led the league in all this uh, in attendance. It's not true. It ain't true. <laughs> it's not true. Just say you have a good group this year. They're playing fun basketball. Come on out and watch us play. End. That's it. You don't have to add the stuff. You remember Fear the Beard? That's all you needed. Just Fear the Beard. Don't say anything else. We need something like that. Fear the Beard. Fear, fear the Beard. I mean, give me something to latch on to. You know, they got the dog show. We got people in the comments saying they're going to watch the dog show. They're not talking about the game. They're going to watch the damn halftime dog show, which is cool. But, but last year when we had probably our most entertaining team since 2017 and obviously our most successful, we had one crowd over 5,000. You know what that crowd was for? An anthropomorphic chicken, a guy, a retired man in a costume. That's what they came for. By the way, did y'all get y'all's penance? No. <laughs> but but this is where we are. And look and look look. It's a little bit of a bit. I'm not I'm not banging on Bob. I, I'm just I'm just. It, you can't pass up on the irony. The irony is so wonderfully thick that he would get angry and. Go ahead and do the propaganda bit in a speech where he's trying to get people to come to the games. Like, they don't go to the games because of your propaganda, dude. It's just, this man has the, he has the self, the self-awareness of, of Cajun Vic. It's just wonderful. <laughs> Josh, I want you to answer this question from Sunbelt Syndicate. Okay. They're asking, is the Rebounders Club high rollers only? Do they have a section in the arena? Oh, we're going to have to extend the pot like four hours for that. Uh, I think they're they're the only people in the arena. So so <laughs> yeah. So Dom, the 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 Rebounders Club are a select few individuals, and when I say few, I mean very few, because there's the one percent of the one percent within the Rebounders Club who I'm really speaking to. They have their own bar called Open, or was it called the Table Room? That if you dare step foot in there, you're gonna get stink eye. Ask me how I know. Uh, so they have that, and they basically keep the coach employed and they basically make all of the decisions within the basketball program so they have it held hostage and we give them we give them a whole bunch of crap on a regular basis because they deserve it and we can't go anywhere as a program uh forward as long as these people are in charge so when you hear me talk about the rebounders club the the people what's it the people's republic of the rebounders that's uh that's who i'm talking about uh, You're getting sued. Oh, good. Lawyer Bring it up. on. Let's do a bit. You guys, <laughs> I want you guys outside the courtroom with cameras and like, I want it to be like the OJ trial. 
We'll do like a Judge Judy type of thing. That'd be great. Right? Like a post game. That'd be awesome. We can go yeah. over the hearing. You guys do a post game. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> the People's Court. That's shot. I mean, look, seriously, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're some of Josh's closest friends, as you can tell. <laughs> um, you know, they're just some of Josh's closest friends. But yeah, but I'll, I'll say this. And I'll say this in a way that'll hopefully get people to the games. Watching this team over the last few weeks and watching them improve and start to gel, I think you will definitely get your money's worth if you spend the $10 or whatever to go to the game tomorrow night. Now, if you want to spend $10, buy it at the gate, at the Cajun Dome. Don't spend it on Ticketmaster because you'll end up spending 30 Don't do that. Go buy it at the Cajun Dome. But I do think the effort is definitely there. The players are starting to click. I, I honestly love the team as far as their efforts go, the players and the way that they gel and the character on this team is great. Um, and I want to see them continue that momentum that we saw last week on the road uh, at home because, you know, we we do, we have won a lot at home. So hopefully that can carry on into the next few weeks. And I'm also very, very thankful that um, we're now chartering flights. And because, you know, we, I mean, we went three and one on the road. It was good to see. That uh, we have some friends that are that were telling us that um, you know chartering those flights went a long way in helping us get those road wins. So I know I know the expenses are going up, guys. The expenses are going up on that balance sheet, but got to keep those got to keep those CRJ jets, let's just, man. Let's just treat it like the national debt. Just keep piling debt on there. Who cares? I mean, we're all right. We're never going to pay it back. Just, keep printing money. Just print Look, the, um... make the thing go burr. <laughs> just print the money. But, but, thing go but, but <laughs> look, I want to say this because I don't want to be overly negative. God forbid I'd be negative. I love the team. I love watching them play. I've been to the last, what, three three home games. So I'm putting, I'm, I'm, I'm voting with my feet. Like we talk about voting with my feet. I'm in the dome. I've enjoyed watching them play. I like the players on the team. I like their attitude and their fight. I really do. I make fun of Bob because of all the reasons why you should make fun of Bob. But I like the team. I like watching the team. They're entertaining. And I fully would endorse everybody going out and watching them because it'd be fun. Look, I will just say the last thing I'm going to say on it, not that I've said a lot, but there are no three people in the world that want Bob Marlin to make us eat crap than us three. If we make the tournament again this year, you know what? I will eat that. I will shovel it to you, Josh. Nobody wants that more than us. So I just want to throw that out there. Absolutely. Get that crow, uh, crow pecan. Let's do it. Hey, I'll, I'll, I said it last year. I'll say it again. I'll eat crow on the show. You know, we'll, we'll do a pie. He can do a pie in my face, whatever he wants. We'll turn it into a bit too. I want to win. At the end of the day, I want sustained excellence. If sustained excellence is going back to back to the dance, I, you won't hear a peep out of me. It's all we want. It's all we've asked for, right? I mean, it took a little while, but if this team can be on a, keep going on an upward trajectory, it's not much more you can ask for. So that's going to do it for basketball. Um, real quickly, moving on to softball and baseball. Uh, softball is a little over two weeks away. First pitch, uh, 15 days away against Chattanooga at Lamson Park. Of course, Cajuns baseball, uh, 23 days away from first pitch against Wright State at the Teague. But before those teams play com- in competition, uh, you get a chance to go meet them. Uh, starting with softball this Sunday, January 28th at noon. Head out to Lamson Park for Softball Fan Day. Get a chance to meet all your favorite players, uh, get autographs. They'll sign your poster. And you can also check out an inter-squad scrimmage. Uh, and, of course, the following Saturday, 
February 3rd at noon. Go ahead to the Teague. You can watch inter-squad scrimmage. Once again, just like softball, get player autographs, get posters, and all kind of cool uh, Cajun memorabilia for baseball fan day. So, um, guys, Diamond Sports right around the corner. Pretty fired up. And and I got to say, you know, outside of fan day, um, props to to baseball. I'm sure softball does this too, but I saw a posting where Deggs was out there with the team doing some camps at uh, around Lafayette for for the kids. That's how you build a fan base, man. There you go. And, and, yep. and that's that's the kind of stuff we need to do with the youth in football, et cetera. So just great to see the guys in the community. They had a bunch of players there. Like I said, uh, uh, Deggs was in front of kids, and there were a ton of kids at that at that camp. So uh look, it's I said it last week, it's the time of the 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 year where I start really getting excited, start getting the butterflies in the stomach and just ready to see some uh some baseball again, man. And uh yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. I think we're gonna have a fun season this year, boys. I'm excited. I'm fired up. And uh, of course in the next few weeks, keep on the lookout. We will have some good baseball content coming your way. That's all I'll say about that. And uh well I mean yeah. you can mark your calendars uh February the 6th, Kendall Rogers interview brought to you by the Raging Review Boys. Uh, It's on the calendar. It's agreed to. We're going to make it happen. And uh, if you guys have any questions, by the way, send them in. We'll get them on uh, on the list and we'll ask. I don't know if we're going to do it live or not yet. If we do, we can field questions. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. No doubt about it. Anyway, guys, well, we've talked a lot tonight. Um, Of course, basketball plays tomorrow. If you get the chance to go, go. Go support the team. Go support the ladies. Go support the guys. Um, you know, we're right in the heart of conference. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, as far as baseball and softball again this weekend, go check out the fan day. You know, the girls, look, they made a, a super regional run. I know they're they're vying for Oklahoma City this year. Got a lot of excitement at Lampson Park. And, of course, the atmosphere, second to none, best in the country. Well, guys, anything else you want to add before we sign off? I think we said a mouthful tonight. I don't know about you, Josh, but uh, that was exhausting. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll get in trouble again tonight. Who cares? Um, I like doing parting <laughs> yeah. shots though. Cause it gives me chances to thank people. I want to thank everybody who bought girl scout cookies. Cause a lot of people did cam crushed her goal. Uh, the link is still on my Twitter and it's still live until February the 8th, but we absolutely destroyed our goal blew way past it. Uh, thanks for all, lots of people in, in uh, the, on the internet and through raging review. So I wanted to say thank you on her behalf. We crushed it. Uh, also obviously Kendall Rogers, we'll let you guys know if it's going to be live or not so we can get questions. Uh, and then finally RaisingReview.net. It's going to be a website. We're working on it. It's in the process of being built a lot of new stuff going to be recruiting, going to be a forum on there for discussion. Uh, lots of stuff. We are talking to other folks about joining our new network that's coming up. So be on the lookout for new content. 2024 is going to be absolutely awesome for raging review and hopefully we can get the ship turned around for Cajun athletics because it would be way more fun to cover a successful uh, sporting programs than have to complain about how much money we spent good point very well very well said josh well guys that's gonna do it for tonight uh if you like what we do please like subscribe comment we're on youtube facebook twitter twitch instagram tiktok you can listen to us on apple itunes and spotify nick will have this episode up when available one more time want to thank our sponsors dr brett venable recovery cairo med as well as uh visit go visit miss phyllis thibodeau at absolutely embroidery and more 
Go check out the ladies in the men's basketball team this weekend. Conference play. Let's get some wins on the hardwood. And let's keep supporting Rage Occasion Athletics. Don't forget to give to Crew Outlaw if you can for the NIL initiative. We'll be back next week for more material, more fun. Rage Review. For Nick, for Josh, I'm Jerry. We are the Rage Review Podcast. In the words of the late, great Big Dave Thibodeau, Bye, we out of here. See you next week for more region review. Good night, everybody. They got my homie hemmed up and they all around. Can't cut them up, see him if they going straight down for pound. They want to come up real quick before they start to clown. I best pull out my strap and lay them busters down. They got guns to my head. I think I'm going down. I can't believe what's happening.